This call is being recorded. You are listening to Crossover Thursday on Locked On Browns and Locked On Jets, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. I am the host of Locked On Browns, Jeff Floyd. Joining me here this evening as we all start to get ready into the holiday week, Mr. John uh, Butchko of Locked On Jets. Uh, we're, uh, we've done a bunch of conversations over the years. Um, I still remember, John, us sitting down and talking about our second-year quarterbacks last year. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Monday night. This is going to be something. Eight hours later, Sam Darnold had mono. That whole show went down the toilet, I guess, for the next few days. Um, but here we are again, year three. Um, we're, for now, fingers crossed with all that's going on in 2020. Uh, we're going to get to see uh, these two young quarterbacks face off Sunday at 1 o'clock in MetLife. We're going to get to John here, talk a little bit about the Jets and everything that's going on. But your crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Browns and Locked on Jets is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and boy has it. And Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. John, I got to start here. Um, I, I would probably be fired on the spot if I didn't start here. Sunday afternoon, uh, like late afternoon here on the East Coast, um, and the Jets put together probably their strongest effort of the year and pull a rabbit out of the hat. And great for everybody in that locker room. Uh, those guys probably needed, you know, that feeling of validation. Nobody wants to go 0-16. I can single-handedly tell you all about that. And I've had players from that 0-16 team on the show talk about days like that. Um, but, John, what is your first thinking after, okay, it's been 14 weeks of this team, and, all right, you know, I'm not thrilled, um, but some changes are going to be made, and at least they can control their own destiny as to you know what who what they want to make the face of the franchise. Well, Jeff, I, I think the first thing I'd say is, after hearing your introduction, I guess we can trace the downfall of Sam Darnold back to last year's crossover show before the Jets and the Browns played. So now I'm a little afraid to go <laughs> forward with our with our episode. But yeah, you you are absolutely right that <laughs> uh, you're absolutely right though. I've heard some Jets fans complain, well, how can the players go out there? Don't they understand what's at stake? Look, these guys are in the locker room. Their job is to go out there and try and win games. It was not fun to go out there and lose the first 13 games of the season. If you're a part of this team, you don't want to go down in infamy and become part of the third team to go 0-16 in history. But if you're looking at this objectively long-term for the Jets franchise, the best thing that could happen is for the Jets to lose games and get the number one overall pick because then you've got Trevor Lawrence and then that's a guy you could build around. And not only is it a guy you build around, it's a guy who has such, such a reputation. It could help you on your coaching search going forward. Coaches are going to be more interested in the job if they know they're going to have Trevor Lawrence. If you're, when you're trying to sign free agents, they'll know that the Jets are a team on the rise because they have this promising young quarterback and to answer the question, you know, what, where, what do the Jets do at the quarterback position? You know, who's going to lead the team going forward? That's not clear now. And I think as much as anything for Jets fans, what's frustrating about them winning that game is it took away your certainty of the future because there was an obvious decision in front of you. And 
although there's no prospect who is, who's a 100% sure thing, Lawrence was about as good of a bet as any quarterback you could have coming out of college. So, you know, I don't really know where the Jets go from here. And it's part of it's just, I think, everybody who follows the Jets has been assuming that they'd get Lawrence, that we really have not surveyed the other options. You know, do they go with maybe a Zach Wilson out of BYU who played very well in the bowl game earlier this week, Justin Fields out of Ohio state. Do they maybe go a veteran route? Do you give Sam Darnold another year? I mean, these it's it really puts all options on the table right now. So in a way it's made things less predictable for this franchise because when the Jets were sitting on the number one overall pick, you knew what they were going to do. Now, look, they could still end up with the number one overall pick. Jacksonville could win a game. You know, we've seen in the last couple of days, we've seen the Jets beat the Rams and the Bengals beat the Steelers. So with that in mind, is it impossible to think that Jacksonville could win a game and get the Jets back into the number one overall slot? Of course it could happen. But things are much less certain than they were this time a week ago. And I think the thing where this puts them in a tough position is because, you know, it seemed like the writing was on the wall. So how do you go to Sam now and say, no, Sam, you're our guy. No, man, we're ready. You're four. Let's rock this out. Um, so, you know, that makes that a difficult situation. Um, then, you know, now you're going to start to look at maybe option two, option three. And look, you know, it's it's been a crazy season. It's always a crazy season. Um, certainly Jacksonville could, you know, find some way to pull it you know, a rabbit out of the hat, but getting to your point on the players, like Joel Batonio uh, just got named to his third Pro Bowl. We had him on the show and he was like, you don't get it. Like you can't go out. You don't want to go to the store. Like, you know, he's like, people give you dirty looks. He's like, nobody understands what the stench of Owen 16 wears. Like you just, you can't even be a member of, you know, the place where you've now set down your roots and you've gotten married and start raising a family. It, it, it's just brutal. So, you know, for those chess players, hey, I understand it, man. You, you, you walk a little higher. You feel a little bit better about yourself. You know something's going right. There have been some bright spots this year, John. Um, Quinn and Williams put on IR today with, the, you know, the neck. and the, It was funny that some people just said neck and didn't mention concussion. Um, but, you know, he, he really stepped up here in year two. And there's some other guys. So, please, John, mention some of these guys that are maybe making a case to say, look, it's not a complete teardown. There's some functional pieces here. There have been some positive contributions recently from the rookie class. Makai Becton was a day one starter for this team at left tackle. And he's been really good. He looks like a guy who could be like a 10-year player for the Jets at that position. And they've been looking for a tackle for a few years. They've had a couple stop gaps. They had Kelvin Beecham for, I think, three seasons. He was decent. They had Ryan Clady before that for one year. Really did not work out. But for the last five years, they've kind of been looking for an answer at left tackle since DeBrickishaw Ferguson retired. And I think they find that they found that in Mekhi Becton. And the sky's the limit for him. He's going out and played effectively year one. And he's still kind of just he's still kind of learning the nuances. He's still kind of learning technique. So when you look at somebody with his physical toolkit, he could be really special. Um Denzel Mims at wide receiver got off to a slow start. If he, he did not just get off to a slow start. He did not take the field until about halfway through the season. Uh, wide receiver out of Baylor, he dealt with some hamstring issues, as did about half of the Jets' team in training camp. Uh, but <laughs> since he's coming to the lineup, he's been he's been good. He, you know, he's he still has some work to do refining his route running, but he's been a guy who looks like he's part of the solution going forward. 
you know, you look at last week, Bryce Hall was a fifth round pick out of Virginia, had an interception, played a solid game. He's been up and down this year. But I think the thing that you have to you have to note about Hall is that he really only fell in the fifth round last year because he suffered a season ending injury, his final year of college at Virginia. And with COVID, he was not able to visit team facilities and get checked out by the doctors. So because of that, it was, it really wasn't about his ability. It was more about just the uncertainty about his medical situation. That's the reason he fell to the fifth round, but this is a guy who easily could have been a day two pick. I've even heard some people suggest maybe he could have been a first round pick. So you're absolutely right. There are some bright spots in this difficult season for the jets. Um, and this is what basically a season like this, a lost season turns into. It's, you know, getting guys valuable reps, getting an opportunity to see what they have to know, A, whether or not they can man the job or B, are we, you know, back to the drawing board and, you know, looking for more bodies, so to speak. Um, holding two first round picks, um, looking at the possibility of a new head coach. Um, with all this, it becomes appealing to get somebody in here because the Jets certainly do have assets. Uh, John, obviously a little early for names, but we do feel probably quarterback. But you're going to be picking again somewhere most likely in the you know top 25, top 30. What would be the probably biggest position of need impact that the Jets can get along with whatever they're going to do early in the draft? I, I just don't know how they're going to handle this now with Sam Darnold because I think all signs were pointing it was going to go a different direction. I, I just don't know how you keep all parties satisfied. Yeah, my guess is they're probably going to take a quarterback with their first pick. And it comes down to this. It's difficult to make a case to bring back Darnold for next season just because he's been so ineffective this year. I said at the start of the season that Darnold was guaranteed 2021 with this team unless he just had a catastrophic 2020 season. And it's been a catastrophic 2020 season. And it's not all his faults. The Jets... No. have not done a good job surrounding him. The coaching has been less than stellar, but ultimately some You're of this has to kind, but go ahead. I, I am being too kind. You're absolutely right. But it's, you know, it's Christmas Eve. So I'm trying to spread peace and goodwill. <laughs> so I, I absolutely am being too kind when I say that, but anyway, like I was saying, it's not all his fault, but at some point the player, when he makes when he makes so little prog- progress, some of it has to be on him, and I think it's just difficult to bring him back. Now, when you talk about the second first round pick, there are lots of different directions you could go because the Jets need help at pretty much all the premium positions. They need edge rusher, they need corner, they you know Denzel Mims looks good, but they definitely need another wide receiver. Uh, so you look at the key spots on the on the field. I mean, the Jets need help virtually everywhere. And I think the offensive line could use some help. I mentioned Becton's Becton's looking really good, but I don't know how many other long-term pieces you have on that offensive line. So would adding another offensive lineman to help whoever's playing quarterback uh, be on the table? I think possibly, you know, it's difficult to, you know, it'd be, it's difficult to answer because there are so many areas where the Jets need help. Uh, It's, and it's weird because, John, we've done these shows in the past, and they were very, very similar franchises. And, you know, for Cleveland, it seems now things are starting to click. And the Jets have that opportunity with, you know, they're going to have cap space. You're going to bring and go look for, you know, hopefully a 10-year head coach for your franchise. 
uh, there's certainly ways to turn this around. Um, so if anybody's sympathetic to it, look, you know, I, I follow the Jets since I was a child. Um, there've been glimpses where you thought maybe, um, but it's always, it's just the most difficult thing in the world. And you look at some of these other teams, Green Bay, New England, it's like, how can you just be so good for so long? And even like when they have a bad year, it's like one year. It's not like, you know, five years. I mean, you know, a marriage and all of a sudden I got a kid in school and now my team's good again. It just doesn't seem to work out for some franchises and God knows. The Jets and the Browns have certainly been one. He is John Buchko. I am Jeff Lloyd, Locked On Jets host, Locked On Browns host. We're going to flip the script here a little bit. John's going to take over. We're going to talk a little bit about the Cleveland Browns. A couple words here from our sponsors. Please stick along with us here for the ride on Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. The improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors now, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, uh, I'm sorry, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they are great with your keto diet. The flavor profile for your cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Are we ready for some football? College football is headed into bowl season and obviously the playoff season. And there are some big matchups all week long during the holiday season, as you guys all know. The NFL regular season is finishing up and the playoff picture is becoming clearer. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account as at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, all caps, no space for your 50% welcome bonus. NFL games of the week. Guys, look, you have games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You're all going to be around, sitting around, hopefully socially distantly, please, guys, on um, plenty of NFL football to get your hands on and get some bets in through betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book expert. Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a crossover episode of Locked On Browns and Locked On Jets. I'm John from Locked On Jets, along with Jeff from Locked On Browns. And in this segment, we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns, who are having their best season in some time. And Jeff, we spoke prior to a week two game last year and heading into that season, there were a lot of expectations on the Browns. They had finished 2018 strong and they went out and beat the jets pretty handily on Monday night football, but it was a year full of disappointment after that this year at Brown's putting together a big season. What are some of the biggest differences between 2019 and 2020 in Cleveland? It's, I mean, roster-wise, sure, there's differences. Um, but it starts in everything with the, with football. starts at the top. It, it starts at the top, and it's a trickle-down effect. 
you know, what is your front office made of? What are their core? What is their beliefs? And is everybody in tune with that trickling on down? When you have a general manager who's 31 years old, he's very in tune with today's players. When you have a head coach who's under 40 years old, he's very in tune with today's players. They all, and this is the, the thing that's probably been the most refreshing since I've, I've covered this team is everybody, when they speak, it almost is like if you close your eyes, you don't know who it is. All the answers are the same. They speak about you know putting in the work, you know working together, accountability, all of these types of things. Uh, last year, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of you know that Eagles team a few years ago when they dubbed it the Dream Team, and it was just a whole bunch of malarkey. There was nothing leading it, and it didn't lead anywhere. Um, now you have Coach Stefanski, and I think with you know with this younger contingent they have and the fact that you know the, it's analytics driven they were able to make a lot more progress during an off season where you weren't allowed to be with your players a limited summer they were able to get a lot done through zoom meetings and just with talking with each other and communicating and taking input from players and it's just really really progressed where week one it certainly didn't look good and, you know, Baltimore, we knew we had a feeling it was going to be a difficult game. But then once they kind of got it going and got their first taste of success, and when you have players who've been void of success in the NFL, finally finding it, it's only going to make you put your belief into your general manager, your head coach even more, because once you taste it, you're going to crave it. You're going to want it more. You're going to want to continue to win. You're going to want to continue to have an offense that can put up, you know, 350, 450 yards per week and not bat an eyelash over it. They did a fantastic job. Um, you mentioned about the Jets. You're trying to you know, figure out this tackle position after DeBrickshaw Ferguson. The Browns kind of went through the same thing, either post Joe Thomas. And it was just finally like enough is enough. Just go find a kid that we at least have control of for five years. If there's a ward or two, we'll fix it. Jedrick Wills has turned out to be great. Jack Conklin, right tackle. Uh, Wyatt Teller emerged, which uh, was he was a player I liked, but he's been ungodly. He won't be a part of this game Sunday. Um, and it made it easier. You know, you can run the ball because you have a great offensive line. You can throw the ball because you have a great offensive line. Baker Mayfield is no longer seeing ghosts or feeling pass rush that doesn't exist because of this offensive line. Defense, still a work in progress. There are some pieces there. Um, they're going to need probably, I would say, anywhere between three to four new starters for 2021. But when you have an offense that can get out quickly or can match a team score for score, it doesn't matter if your defense is a lead or not. All they got to do is every now and then come up with a play, whether it's a turnover or a sack in a big situation. It's been really, really nice to see the maturation of this young group. And no player has, in my opinion, had a bigger bounce back than Baker Mayfield, who had that stellar rookie season year two maybe took a little bit of a step back and now seems to be back on track for year three. Bigger step. What, what do you Again, you need some nice and Christmas season. Big step. <laughs> I, I'm just, what can I say? I'm just a nice guy. Um, so what do you attribute that to? Do you attribute to that to the, the new coaching, better offensive line, better chemistry with, with his pass catchers? Uh, what, what's the difference this year for Baker? I think part of it, uh, as I mentioned earlier, was the offensive line. I think also was at the tight end position. Um, Baker Mayfield, part of his 2018 success, Darren Fells. Darren Fells went on to do you know good things um, for the Houston Texans the last couple of years, and he's an older tight end. He His breakout time was kind of with Baker Mayfield. He's always liked his tight ends, going back to Oklahoma. 
So they got a couple more in here. You know, they signed Austin Hooper to the top tight end contract on the market. They drafted Harrison Bryant. They still had David Njoku. Um, Baker likes to use the entire field. So you have to give him weapons to do that. Um, and this is where it gets weird. And, you know, I have no idea how this is going to work out. But maybe getting Odell Beckham Jr. And don't get me wrong. I was a champion of it. I mean, I was I was through the moon. But it, it, it never turned into what anybody was hoping for. Yes, he had a thousand yard season in 2019. That's fine. But now that he's not here and Rashard Higgins, who was a player, another part of Baker's success in 2018, he's getting his opportunity again and emerging with it. Jarvis Landry is he's been progressing steadily. Earlier in the year, he was, you know, they, he was coming off all season hip surgery. He was slower to recover. But now we're to the point where, you know, uh, Jarvis Landry practices every day, Wednesday, full practice. I mean, last year it was Friday, Odell and Jarvis would practice just enough to be ready for the game. So I think, you know, they're getting a lot more cohesion as they learn this new offense. And Coach Stefanski, I think with the availability of this fantastic running game, which leads to play action and just makes things so much easier for any any quarterback, which some people would, like are trying to criticize Baker for, it doesn't matter how the meal is made. At the end of the day, if it's good, that's all anybody cares about. And right now that is what's working. And I think Baker himself is back to that confident guy he was in 2018. He'd certainly lost his way confidence-wise in 2019. Understandably so. Um, but it, it, for a quarterback, you just got to flip the script. And, and you can't let you know a couple of things dwell. And I think Baker had a problem getting through that last year. Um, now, you know, you, you go to that Baltimore Raven game on Monday night. He had that interception and obviously it was crucial at the time. Still hung 22 points on the Ravens in that fourth quarter. Um, you just see the player that everybody fell in love with Cleveland wise in 2018. And they just did a remarkable job of basically putting it in a situation where, well, let's not say, well, we should have done this for him or we need to do this for him. No, they got it all out of the way. You know, they, you know, re-signed Kareem Hunt. So they have Hunt and Chubb, not only for this season, but at least again for next season. They secured the offensive line. They have at least their offensive line here for a couple of years to come. The tight ends are in place. The wide receivers most likely are in place, although there could be a change between one of the two at the top. They just did a really, really nice job. And you had mentioned earlier about you know putting your quarterback in the right position to succeed. They kind of made this dummy proof. Um, and it's not like a knock on Baker Mayfield. He was the number one overall pick. But you put your player in the best possible position to succeed. That is what they did. This is what he should be doing. And it, it's just been it's been a really, really great run for Baker Mayfield since that second game for Cincinnati Bengals. And right now, you know, with Miles Garrett not the man he once was, you know, due to coronavirus, Baker Mayfield is the best player on the Cleveland Browns. And we have not said so and so is the best player on the Cleveland Browns since 2017, and it not be Miles Garrett. Um, but this is the first time where you can say right now the best player on the Cleveland Browns is Baker Mayfield. Now, speaking of Garrett, one of the enduring images of last year's game between the Browns and the Jets was Garrett repeatedly destroying Kelvin Beecham. And this is the name most Jets fans or most NFL fans are familiar with. But who are some of the other key players on the for the Browns on the defensive side of the ball? Well, I think with Denzel Ward coming back last week against the Giants, it, it makes things tremendously easier. For the defense, look, there's you know th there's some guys stepping up. There's some guys that are basically just filling jobs right now for the Browns defense. 
But Denzel Ward puts you in a position where automatically now you can play your other 10 guys against the other nine guys, not you know, quarterback notwithstanding, because nobody's concerned with what Denzel Ward is doing. Denzel's here, all right, whether it's short, whether it's deep. Denzel Ward's got his guy. We can all focus on everybody else on the field. Um, some surprises this year. Sione Takitaki has really grown in year two at the linebacker position. They've kind of put him mostly in run situations, which is fine because that is where he excels. Um, PFF-wise, he is grading out as like a top five linebacker right now. He's physical. He's smart. And he's he's more old school. You know, I mean, these new age linebackers, they run around. They're fantastic athletes. Sione Takitaki is simple. You know, get in the hole. All right, if I got a guard, all right, there's going to be a collision. Or there's the ball. I am going to go hit the ball. I'm going to hit the guy with the ball as hard as I possibly can. And he's he's just really good at it. He's smart with it. He's got an energy uh, about him. Ronnie Harrison uh, returned to practice today. I'm not sure if he's going to play Sunday. The Browns have been really, really cautious. Um, if you return to practice, they usually hold you out until the following week. But he was a really, really nice get um, when they lost Grant Delpit in the summer to the Achilles. Um, smart player, rangy. Oh, a six foot three safety, almost 220 pounds, built like a lot of linebackers. They can bring him up close to the line of scrimmage. Um, they can deep people by thinking he's going to play close to the line of scrimmage and he drops back into coverage. He's been a really, really nice player this year. Um, Carl Joseph was a free agent signing. It's been really, really up and down, but he had a tremendous night, Sunday night football against the Giants, his best outing as a Brown. It's, I'd say there's some individual pieces that are good. Um, as a unit, though, they, they have their flaws. They have their warts at times. Um, and defense coordinator Joe Woods is doing the best he can. He's not really coaching guys he wants to coach. Um, he would like to play three safeties. The Browns are lucky if they could put three healthy safeties on the field on any given Sunday. But I think he's done a really good job just trying to figure out, all right, well, this is what I got this week. And here, this is going to be the best approach we got. My last question is not really about the game, but it's more about your perspective as a Browns fan, because this has obviously been a difficult year for the Jets, a difficult decade, really. And now you guys have, kind of, as you mentioned, you guys have kind of seen this in Cleveland. And can you speak a little bit about getting to the other side of it and keeping the faith through the difficult seasons? It's it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Um, and, you know, as you know, as I know, uh, anybody who's listening, you know, who does, you know, football content for a living, um, it's really hard sometimes. I mean, like you sit down and you've got to put a shine on something that, you know, there's no shine. You know, it's bad. And, you know, so what do you do? Just shred everything? Um, or do you try to find the positive lights? Um, and, you know, with the overall pick in 2017, Miles Garrett, with the overall pick in 2018, uh, Baker Mayfield. You also got uh, Denzel Ward at four that year. You also got Nick Chubb early in the second round that year. You try to hope and 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 say, hey, find the right guys, find the integral pieces. And you know, Nick Chubb. There were other running backs who had better statistical production. Um, Nick Chubb still got voted to a Pro Bowl. Why? Because he does everything the right way. And when he plays these other, like everybody likes the guy. And you want to know what, John? He never says a word. He barely speaks. He's all about his business. And this is where it's probably going to be really paramount for the for the Jets. You know, don't go chasing the glitz and the glamour. And look, if they have the glitz and the glamour and they are dedicated and you know they want they are the guys that people will listen to, 
those are the guys that you need to get in your building. And those are the guys that you need to have you know, feed around. And, and those are the guys you gamble on. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, these guys love him to death. Rashard Higgins left $900,000 on the table with another team to stay here because he had that much faith in Baker Mayfield, knowing that was the best thing for him. You just want the players that you're going to take with these paramount picks. And obviously with the Jets, there's a certain safety that's no longer there. It was a player that was on the field at times, really gave good results for the Jets. But at the same time, when behind closed doors or hanging out with the guys, was not doing all he could to get everybody to buy in. He was just doing the complete opposite. You just got to make sure that you were banking on guys who are really, really solid football players. But you also got to make sure you get past that and, and basically see what the cut the cloth, the cut of the cloth of the man is. Because, you know, you were making tremendous, you know, decisions on these guys. It's going to basically affect your outcome. Joe Douglas, if he does not get this quarterback thing right in two or three years, the Jets are going to be talking about, again, a new general manager. That's the way these things work. So, yes, it's great that uh, his film is fantastic. He's an incredible athlete. But you better make sure that when you get him in your building, other the other 50-something guys are going to listen to these guys. They're going to follow these guys and do the job the way they do it. It's the most crucial thing. And, you know, we all like to pretend we could be general managers, this, that, and the other thing. But there is no more difficult job in the NFL than, you know, trying to, you know, have – two off seasons to put together a good roster or guess what? You might be gone. Good stuff there from Jeff Lloyd of locked on Browns. When we finish, we'll, we'll be back in a minute to finish our show. Jeff will lead us back in. Uh, iTunes spot. should do a nice little Christmas gesture here as John's been giving it out today for everybody. Um, iTunes, Spotify, make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Jets, Locked On Browns. Make sure you leave those five star ratings and, of course, a nice fat written review. Again, happy holidays. We appreciate you, uh, everybody, being along here as you know, loyal listeners to Locked On Jets, Locked On Browns. John, see, with normally I would be a little bit nervous about this game, um, but I think with the fact that the Jets, as well as they played, Against the Rams, um, no Quinn and, Quinn and Williams, which is, you know, obviously, you know, a huge, huge thing for the Browns. But I think, you know, I don't see this Jets team putting together much of an effort a second time I, it, this late in the year. I, I just don't see it in you know, where the Rams may have done the Browns a favor and basically you know, avoided the hot potato, so to speak. I just don't think the Jets are capable of, you know, getting this luck, getting, you know, getting some turnovers, short fields, kicking field goals. I, I just don't know if I see this game, you know, basically, you know, a take two for the Jets. I, I'm with you on that. And I think I would say that for a couple of reasons. First of all, as you mentioned, no Quinn and Williams. That's a big deal. If you watch that Jets game against the Rams, there was a big difference between the way the Rams were able to execute on offense when Quinn and Williams was in there versus after he left. They were moving the ball very effectively after Williams left that game. But beyond that, listen, I don't want to take away credit from the Jets players because they went out there and played really hard in a game nobody was expecting them to win last Sunday. But it's undeniable when you were watching that game. The Rams were sleepwalking 
And they, it's one of those things in the NFL. You, you see it every year. There's, there are a handful of games where you, you look at the result and you can't figure out how this bad team beat this good team. But sometimes teams take a win for granted. Last week was the embodiment of a trap game for the Rams because they had a Jets team that had not won a game all season right before a huge NFC West matchup against Seattle that could decide that division. In retrospect, it was obvious that it was kind of a trap game for the Rams, and it showed. That, you know, As much as the story was the Jets going out there and playing hard again, I don't want to take away from those players. Part of the story was just the Rams playing absolutely terrible football. So I I I'm agree I agree with you I think that this is going to be a tall order for the Jets. Yeah, and I think where the Browns are in a good position is you know when you're focusing, like what do you take away? It's like all right, well you know they have a really good running game, which is what Tennessee tried to do, and the way Baker Mayfield's okay, go ahead, take away the running game, no problem, we're good with that. Or guess what? If you know, all right, we're going to play nickel, we're going to play dime. Okay, well, who's going to handle, you know, two running backs between 220 and 230 who, you know, love to cut it back, love to find the open lanes and have zero issue getting physical. And, oh, yeah, they're contributors in the passing game. Um, Of course, this could all amount to a hill of beans. I'm going to look like a clown come about 345 on Sunday. Um, But I just it's just the way I see it. And I, I think the Browns just have so much momentum going. And I think for the Jets, there's almost like that. That woosa moment, like, all right, we're not going to go 0-16. But, again, just one week is not a reflection of what the other 13 games were. Um, it, it just, you know, they didn't just all of a sudden, you know, reach in and, you know, get the holy water and all of a sudden cleanse themselves of, you know, all the wrongs and the fact that there's just not enough bullets in the chamber for this Jets roster. John, let me close with this. Um, head coach-wise, you have your eyes on anybody in particular? You, is there somebody you think that can come in and enough of the nonsense? Is there somebody that can come in to Florham Park, set up shop, and maybe be here for five, six, seven years? Jeff, this is going to sound a bit silly to say, but it's the truth on my end. I'm having a difficult time calibrating this because literally, like, anytime you mention a candidate, I'm comparing them to Adam Gase and they look good. So it's <laughs> difficult. It's really tough to it's really tough to answer because like I feel like almost anybody they, anybody they hire would be better. And I know that you know of the candidates that get mentioned, they're probably gonna be, you know, five or six, seven that will get interviewed, and there's probably like one of them who's actually the right answer. But it's just a difficult thing to say right now because what we've seen is so bad from the coaching department that like anything would be an upgrade on this. Yeah, it's like, you know, poor, unfortunate people who've only eaten bologna sandwiches for like a year straight. And now all of a sudden you're serving them a steak dinner. It, it, it's always like, oh, yes, that's that's better. And all right, well, I'm going to throw this one in there, too. How is Adam Gase still coaching this team? How did he get the job to begin with? I, I don't understand. Sure, that, 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 well, that, that's a story for another day, John. We're getting short on time. But how is he still here? And that's the amazing thing. And I, I maybe it's just like pride from the owner because the owner really went out on a, on a limb. It, every, he was a very unpopular hire, hire that drew a lot of questioning in the media, a lot of criticism for the fan base. And for the last two years, the owner has kind of stood by Adam Gase and said well, it'll eventually work out. So maybe it's just stubbornness. But the NFL just changed its rules. And as of yesterday, teams can now start interviewing coaches who are employed by other teams. So 
the, the, the Jets are now actually at a disadvantage because of that. And I don't think it's a great rule because there are some teams that this puts a disadvantage. It puts this puts at a disadvantage who maybe don't know whether they're going to make a change for legitimate reasons. So I feel bad for those teams. I don't feel bad for the Jets though, because the Jets have kept their coach out of dumbness. So I don't understand. I, look, if, if you figure out, let me know why Adam Gase is still the coach of this team. Yeah, and, and like even like you know the relieving Greg Williams of his duties, and you know for you Jet listeners, um, go back to you know late December of 2018. Adam Gase, I'm sorry, Greg Williams called the same exact thing in a game on a Saturday night against the Denver Broncos. That week it worked. It didn't work against the Raiders. Um, but like Greg Williams had to go. I mean, like he, the guy's literally got like two pieces on defense. And he's trying his butt off. And, and Adam Gase, who's supposed to be, you know, Peyton Manning's boy, you know, Peyton Manning loved him, you know, he's got to be great. Um, I, I just I have zero idea how they just didn't say, all right, we'll get out of here. And, you know, at least let's give somebody else an opportunity, uh, you know, to you know, be interim head coach. Um, maybe we did a young guy a favor and, you know, it, it leads to a path down the road. But uh, it's it's just been tough. And, John, I feel for you. Um, I've been there. You know I've been there. And it's got to be tough to push out this daily content day in, day out, where you're literally trying to find any hair left on your head and rip it out because it's like none of this makes any sense. Makes a lot of, makes for a lot of good content, though, because I think it's good to know that there are so many people that think like I do. And it's, it's not just me that this stuff doesn't make sense. It's it's just been tough. It's it's been tough, and you know, look, I mean, obviously, you know, me coverage wise and content wise, um, you know, Cleveland's become the full focus here, you know, for almost you know three and a half years. Um, but still, you know, I, you know, Jets Browns AFC Championship game, I'm all for it. it. It'd be great. Um, and we'll sit down maybe sometime in 2027, whatever. It, it, it'd be great to have those days. Um, this has been. Locked on. Uh, I'm sorry. This has been Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, John Puchko, uh, Butchko obviously does a fantastic job uh, over there with Locked On Jets. Um, try to uh, give you listeners the best he can day in, day out in the toughest of situations. Uh, I am the host of Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd. Again, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review, help us out with all that uh, as we continue to try to do everything we can uh, for all you great listeners uh, you know, during uh, you know, sometimes the best of times, sometimes during the worst of times, and of course during the craziness that has been the 2020 NFL season. Uh, hope everybody remains safe. Hope everybody has a great, great holiday week. Try to remember to be smart about it, be safe about it. But at the same time, you know, look, everybody wants to see their loved ones. I understand it. Uh, but again, just you know, be smart about it. So hopefully we can get to the other side uh, and rather quickly. Uh, so with that, we'll close it out here. For John, for myself, everybody, happy holidays and happy new year. All of that great stuff as we continue to uh, just can put out Jets content, Browns content, week in, week out, day in, day out on the Locked On Podcast Network.